Hey girl, welcome to the Light Your Fire podcast. Here we're all about inspiring moms to rediscover themselves while being present at home and bringing some fun back into their lives. My name is Liz Garcia. I'm a busy mom of two young kiddos on a mission to light a fire under your butt and take the epic baby steps you need to get you where you wanna go in life. Whether it's up-leveling your mindset, career, mom life, or relationships. This podcast is all about sharing tools that are super simple, yet crazy effective to build habits that will actually help get you out of a rut and start living the life you dream about. Seriously. So girl, are you ready? Let's get into it. Hey, you guys. I am so excited for today's episode because tomorrow, as I'm recording this, tomorrow is my son Luca's first birthday. Uh, And so I I made a comment here on social media the other day. I was going to be doing an episode on the birth story. So for those of you who don't know, a year ago, I ended up delivering my son in the back of an ambulance, which is crazy. And so I thought I'd kind of share the details a little bit, not too much detail, but it is a pretty crazy story. So I thought it'd be pretty fun just to share kind of how the day unfolded, like what happened, what my symptoms were, things like that. So especially for those of you who are maybe expecting right now, this might be kind of an interesting story to listen to or not, (laughs) depending how far along you are. Um, But anyways, it is a pretty crazy story. So that is what we are going to be talking about today. And then I did want to share just really some of the symptoms that I had and and really what I experienced both on the C-section side, because I had a C-section with with our daughter, and then with really the other side of the spectrum with Luca being a completely natural birth delivery. So beyond me just sharing the birth story of my son, I really want this episode to be an inspiration to you listening in that you can do hard things and you can overcome adversity in your life, whether it is at home, whether it's with your career, your job, any outside activities, and just know that you can come out stronger in the end. Before we get into today's episode, I did want to do a quick shout out. I haven't done one of those for a couple weeks now. And today's shout out is going to go to Kim Z. So Kim, thank you so much. She had just recently sent me this message and it really went like this. She said, hey Liz, I just wanted to let you know I listened to two of your podcasts this weekend and they were great. Thank you for taking this leap and trusting that it would be fruitful. Get it, girl. So Kim, thank you so much. That means a lot. Um, And for those of you, if you're listening in, feel free to shoot me a DM on Facebook, on Instagram. I love, love, love responding to those messages. I respond to every DM that I get or go ahead and um, give me a five-star review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you're listening in. I sincerely appreciate it from the bottom of my heart if I've been inspiring to you in any episode. So, Anyways, let's get into today and oh my gosh, you guys, this is just this whole, the the, the way that the whole day unfolded is just, it was really kind of a like miraculous type of day of how everything unfolded. And I should probably preface this by saying two weeks prior to me delivering our son, I was getting Braxton Hicks. So for those of you listening in, especially if you're a male listening in, hey, (laughs) Um, so the Braxton Hicks again are kind of fake contractions, if you will. So it's really prepping your body, getting ready for labor, but it 
it's not real labor yet. So it's really like practice cramping a little bit. Um, and so I can tell that I was, I was getting Braxton Hicks two weeks ahead of time and I started keeping track of those. And the one day or the one night, it was pretty late. I, I want to say it was around midnight. Maybe I had a lot of Braxton Hicks. So we did actually end up calling in to the night hotline, if you will, for the doctor. And they just kind of said to keep an eye on it, things like that. And so I went back to bed and all was well. And then fast forward two weeks later, that's when things really started moving along. And I could tell this was completely different from what I had experienced the two weeks prior. Um, so I just, I immediately knew the difference. I was like, these are real contractions. So I actually was taking my, my, uh, phone and writing down in the notes app exactly when I'd have a contraction. So I think this started actually at around 1204 AM, um, the day that my son was born. And so I would just write a note and then all of a sudden it was like, I mean, really, really intense back pain at this point. That's really what woke me up the day that I ended up having him. And so I kept going through the motions and it was just really getting really uncomfortable at this point. Well, I ended up having contractions 10 times within that hour. So I knew like things were probably starting to speed along a little bit. And after an hour went by, it was like 105 in the morning. I started having contractions every five minutes. So that was the point where my husband and I were like, okay, like, I think it is it time <laughs> we had our bags packed. So for those of you who haven't had kids yet, or if you're expecting a kid soon, definitely have a bag packed a little bit in advance, just in case. Um, and I should probably mention that my son was born almost four weeks early. So he was originally going to be due like the early part of September. And, you know, this was mid-August of last year when all of this was unfolding. <clears throat> so anyways, back to the story here, um, really intense back pain. And I could definitely tell the difference that I was going through contractions. So we finally, we, we pack the bag, we throw the bags in the car, we get our daughter, um, so Zoe at the time, she was three and a half. <clears throat> so we throw her in the car, <laughs> middle of the night. It's like, you know, after 1 a.m. in the morning by this point. And so we get on the road and we start heading to the hospital. Now, up until this point, you guys, there had been so many emotions running through both of our heads just between me and my husband. And if you haven't listened to episode number one yet, definitely listen in because it really tells like my why behind me starting the podcast and what my burning desire is and what really gives me a sense of urgency nowadays. And it was because at seven months pregnant last year, that's when I found out that my husband had cancer. And so it was a really difficult season, really challenging season of our lives, just mentally, physically, you name it, the whole spectrum. So literally up until this point, like only a couple weeks ago, we were in conversation with each other, determining if my husband would even be able to be in the, the um, delivery room with me. So imagine that, you guys, like it just... It's, it's really crazy to think of a scenario like that, you know, a year ago, it's like we never in a million years would have thought we would have been in that position, but we were, you know, so it was uh, getting really close to where my husband had already had surgery to remove his tumor and 
it was just kind of a guessing game of what was going to happen. So up until this point, we technically had a scheduled C-section. And the reason for that, I had a C-section with my daughter, so I did know what to expect. But we somewhat kind of wanted to have a little bit of a plan in place because we knew my husband would be probably going through chemotherapy. We weren't entirely sure when that was going to be starting or what that plan was going to look like. So we thought, hey, you know, control what we can control at this point. So we decided a couple weeks ago at at that appointment that we would just at least get a C-section scheduled so we'd have a date set and then go from there. But back into the story, we are on the road. We've got a 30-minute drive to the hospital. So we had called my parents right away because they were the ones closest, at least to us. Uh, We called both sets of our parents. And so the plan was my parents were going to meet us at the hospital to pick up Zoe. And then we would do our own thing and have this baby, right? (laughs) Not how it unfolded. (laughs) Spoiler alert. So we're at the hospital, you guys. And, you know, I'm hooked up with everything <clears throat> they put the the belly band like the monitors on my belly and you know they're checking everything they're checking contractions and long story short I am in the hospital you guys for 12 hours and I'm not even dilated yet what like I was in so much pain and I'm like come on like what's going on? Like, let's get moving. (laughs) I'm already here. Right. But I was already, you know, I was actually four weeks early. Right. So the, the time frame I'm talking about with us being at the hospital, Luca is all, he's just under four weeks early. So kind of the background with this too, by the way, is I, and I didn't realize this, but when you have a scheduled C-section legally, you have to show two signs of being in labor really for them to keep you there to go into a C-section. Um, I, at least I believe that that was pretty much the rule. So I was only showing one sign of labor, which was um, having contractions five minutes apart. The other two, which I didn't show yet, number two would be water breaking. That hadn't happened yet. And then three, being dilated. That hadn't happened yet. So literally, they're like, you know, we there's really nothing else that we can do here for you. So go home and be comfortable. And so I was in the bathroom. I took my gown back off into my regular clothes and I swear that is like the moment that changed everything because I the only way that I could get reprieve which hopefully this isn't TMI but like was just sitting on the toilet right and so by the time I got um out of the bathroom and stuff I was just like keeled over oh my gosh it was just so much pain radiating throughout my body that I actually had to sit down on the bed and just sit there for a while and long story short, they, the doctor, the nurse gets a wheelchair for me. We get out to the car and then they actually ended up prescribing me to go pick up a belly band because I was in so much pain. They actually originally thought it was just from me carrying Lucas so low because you guys, holy smokes, like this kid was carrying as low as like a a bowling ball and like a nylon sack. I swear to God. Uh, So anyways, so literally we we hop right over from the hospital to this medical um, place to, to pick up this belly band. 
And I'm trying to stand there while they're measuring me for this belly band. And I can't even stand. I actually, one of my classmates was working there at the time. And I'm pretty sure she thought I looked like death. I think everybody thought that. I felt like death. I was in so much damn pain. And so anyways, we get fitted for this belly band to help support my belly, to help with the quote unquote pain. And so we get in the car And I'm like, I need food, you know, because I wasn't sure if I was going to be going into a C-section, which for those of you who don't know, with a C-section, like you're really not supposed to have food several hours beforehand if you need to go into surgery. So that whole time, like I hadn't really had food. So we picked up Jimmy John's and I'm like in and out of it. You know, I'm still having these awful contractions literally like every five minutes. And it is the most like excruciatingly just awful pain I've ever had in my life, like excruciating. And I'm really trying to just, I don't even know what to do. I'm in the car and I'm like leaning back in the car. I'm trying to get comfortable. We get home and right away, my husband's like, why don't you try to take a warm bath? You know, see if that'll make you feel comfortable. I try an Epsom salt bath. That didn't do anything. I try to get into bed into like 20 different positions. That didn't do anything. So finally, I'm like, you know what? The only thing that was giving me reprieve was sitting on the toilet. So that's what I did. I just sat there and I chilled and I, well, I didn't really chill because I was in awful pain, (laughs) but you know what I mean? So long story short, it's like an hour, maybe an hour and a half later from us being home, my water breaks. So as you can imagine, I'm like in panic mode because A, uh, my contractions were five minutes apart already for how long? And B, we're 30 minutes from the freaking hospital, which is a completely different story from when we had our C-section with our daughter because we were only five minutes from the hospital at that point because now we were living in our, our new house. That was much further. And at this point, like both of my parents, they had dropped our daughter off at at, at daycare already um, for the day. And so they were at the house by the time we got back to the house. So my mom's like freaking out because she's like, she doesn't know what to do. She's trying to help comfort me. And so she's like getting like cold, like a cold rag and putting it on the back of my neck. And it's just a scene, you guys. Like it is just wild. And so after my water had broke, my husband looked at me. He's like, what do you want me to do? He's like, do you want me to call nine? And boy, am I so glad that I had the instinct to tell him yes. Normally, you know, in that situation, I would have been like, like, I don't know, like, should we like, but I'm like, no, call the ambulance, call 911 right now. So he does. They arrive 10 minutes later. They're barely able to get me up on that, that gurney. Um, And you guys, by the time the ambulance left our driveway, I had our son, Luca, 10 minutes later on the side of a road in middle of nowhere, Iowa. (laughs) Like what? What? So the quick story behind that is, you know, we're, we're in the ambulance. There are two ladies who are amazing, by the way, amazing EMT. So shout out to you guys. And they first and foremost, just really helped me with my breathing, which for those of you don't know, when you are in that much stress and pain going through labor, like you're just, 
even though you maybe take classes to help with the breathing, like when you're in the heat of the moment, it is so hard to get your shit together, to get your thoughts processed. And so one of the ladies said, try breathing out like you're breathing out through a straw. And that was such a great visual for me. I'm an incredibly visual learner, so it literally felt like a light bulb moment. I'm like, okay, like I can do this. I can focus on this one task at hand. And that's exactly what I did. So I started every time I'd breathe in, I would breathe out like I was breathing out of a straw. And it it just I just kept focusing on that one activity. And after a little bit, like this was maybe, I don't know, maybe not even 10, it was like eight minutes, I think, into the car ride. And, you know, I start like, I, they're like, okay, let's start pushing. <laughs> I'm like, okay. And, you know, all of a sudden, like they would keep checking to see if I was like crowding or anything, you know, nothing was happening. And then all of a sudden I'm like, oh my God, I was like, this is different. And they checked and his head was there. And I'm like freaking out at this point, you guys. I'm like, oh my God, like I'm I'm actually going to be having a kid in the back of an ambulance. Like what the hell is happening right now? And so literally it was like, I think one more push later and he's out. And I'm just like, like, oh, like makes me emotional just thinking about it right now. That moment is something I will never forget in my entire life because it was so painful but so worth it at the same time. And just like anything in your life, you know, there's going to be so many different times where you are going to have pain. You're going to have grief. You're going to have all these emotions, but it's going to be worth it in the end, right? Like it's just this buildup that happens and then you finally get to the end of the goal or the dream, whatever it is. And it's this this sense of relief that overcomes your body. And I'm not going to (laughs) lie after all of this, like, I'm like, holy shit, I'm a badass. I just delivered a live human being, a baby with no freaking pain meds, no epidural, nothing. So that also went through my mind at the same time too. like talk about like women empowerment right there. Holy hell. But huge shout out to the two ladies that were the EMTs in the back. They were just amazing. And so they then put this baby on my chest and I'm just like, oh my gosh, like this actually happened. And I might add the little detail that my husband was not in the back of the ambulance during this entire time. Yes, I said that right. He, there wasn't enough room for him um, since there were the two EMTs in the back. And so he was just like trying to catch up to the ambulance with our car. And so it's like, what was interesting is there was this hill that went down and he, when he was going down the hill to try to catch up to the ambulance, he saw them veer off to the right side. And he said he immediately knew what was happening, that I was going to be delivering him in the back of the ambulance. And sure enough, so my husband pulls out and pulls ahead of the ambulance, parks in front, steps outside, and he's like, I wasn't knocking on the door. I wasn't going to be interrupting anything. And then um, the the guy who had been driving, he walked out and said, congratulations, you have a boy. 
So we raced back to the hospital and it was just a wild ride because they were the biggest part was making sure that Luca's oxygen was staying up because they, you know, especially with with ambulance equipment, like it's not going to be nearly as great of equipment as what's in the hospital. And so they did keep monitoring his oxygen just to make sure like they put a little bit of um, oxygen closer to his nose just to make sure that, you know, things were staying steady. And but I had him in my arms the entire time you guys and so what was crazy is <laughs> walking like strolling back through the hospital same doctor was there and what's even more wild about this story is the doctor that was there prior to the day so she was the same one that was there when we came back strolling through with Luca in my arms and she ironically enough delivered not only Zoe, because she had delivered Zoe, but she also delivered me. So it's like, that's kind of a crazy story in itself. And this doctor was also going to be retiring after like 40 plus years of being an OB doctor. Um, So like she was going to be retiring only a week later. And she said never in her entire career had she seen something like that happen. I mean, I'm sure she's got like wild, wild stories under her belt. But she said she really never saw a scenario like that, especially with me, you know, literally going from zero to 60 with not being dilated at the beginning of the day, things like that. So, um, but I did have to get back to the hospital and like deliver my placenta, which fun fact, if you have to deliver your placenta at the hospital, you still get charged the full amount as if you delivered your baby there. Why is that a thing? I don't understand that. Anyways, that's a side tangent for another day. <laughs> but that is that is the story. And the wildest part, too, is the two EMTs and the ambulance driver weren't even supposed to be there because only, I don't know, it was like five or ten minutes before our call came through, there was a different call in town. And it just so happened that these three had, I think it was like a monthly like safety meeting or something, um, or, or like an inspection that they had to be there. So there were more people at the station. And they just so happened, like they had just gotten over with their, their meeting or inspection, I think. And it was something to the effect of them having to like they were just staying there to like go to the bathroom quick otherwise they would have been gone they would have been back at home which I know one of the the lady EMTs she lives like she lives like five like 10 10 minutes away I think from the station so just the whole organization of events how everything fell into place I mean it's just crazy to me. Like I still get chills thinking about how everything unfolded, how it was meant to be. And boy, it's just, it's such a wild journey and it's, it's been amazing. So my son, he's just, I love him so much. And I've, I've never felt so proud of myself, I think, in that moment because it was like it was such a tough situation for both my husband and I and then for us to come out on the end going through that and then literally only a couple weeks later, my husband starting his chemotherapy. So I just want you to know for you listening in, I hope this story has resonated with you and just know you can do hard things. I believe in you so hard. I know you can do it even on the day that you don't believe in yourself find somebody out there that's going to believe in you and you can go out there and crush anything that you want to so have a great day girl have an amazing week and we will talk to you on next week's episode i love you hey girl thank you 
you so much for listening all the way through. If you loved today's episode, it would mean so much if you share it with a girlfriend or post it on social media to help spread the word. Thanks for joining me today, and I look forward to catching up with you on next week's episode. So go out there and light your fire, girl.